is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome to the Affirm America podcast. Oh, we got a really nice day today. Nice blue skies, a lot cooler, a little preview of the fall weather is coming our way. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can run over to AffirmAmerica.com, drop in your email address, and we'll send you out a notice once the episode is available. And hey, if you haven't caught the uh, 2000 Mules movie yet, it's free, still being played over there. Check it out, share it around, find out really what happened in the 2020 elections. All right, these are your top five headlines for this Tuesday August the 16th, 2022. Let's start off with headline number five. Liz Cheney faces uphill battle in Wyoming primary. From the Independent, in Wyoming, the vice chair of the House Select Committee investigating January 6th, Liz Cheney faces an effort by Donald Trump to punish her for disloyalty in the form of Harriet Hageman, her former staffer and current top rival. Ms. Cheney is deep underwater in the polls and could lose tomorrow by more than 20 points by most indications. Well, today is the day of reckoning for uh, Liz Cheney, and we will see how it turns out, but it uh, doesn't look good for uh, her one-trick pony focus of trying to get Trump attacking him, trying to get him uh, kicked out of office for the future. She's just uh, full of anger. Her face doesn't look very happy, has no other ideas for the country except for Trump, Trump, Trump. The Wyoming voters uh, don't want to have anything to do with her. So goodbye, Liz. Have a nice retirement. Hopefully we won't see you anymore running for any other higher office because I don't think you've got a chance. All right, headline number four. Atlantic contributor attacks the Holy Rosary, calling it an extremist symbol. Fox News. Atlantic contributor Daniel Paniton declared that the Catholic rosary has become a symbol of religious radicalism. Rosary is a string of beads or knots used by Catholics as they pray a sequence of prayers, but one writer warned they have taken on a far darker meaning in modern times. Quote, Just as the AR-15 rifle has become a sacred object for Christian nationalists in general, the rosary has acquired a militaristic meaning for radical, traditional, or rad, trad, Catholics, end quote. Clinton claimed in the Sunday piece titled, How the Rosary Became an Extremist Symbol. Michael Knowles, the almost certainly inadvertent timing of the Atlantic's attack on the Holy Rosary on the Feast of the Assumption, speaks volumes about both the Atlantic and the rosary. From National Review, in addition to downplaying Jane's revenge and its campaign of terror, the Atlantic fails to contextualize it by omitting the activities of Ruth Sent Us, the group that published the home addresses of Supreme Court justices to direct protesters to their homes, as well as the assassination attempt on Justice Brett Kavanaugh by a pro-abortion fanatic. Okay, so there are two very extremes in our political world and in our in our culture today 
We have uh, the far left secularists that denounce God. And then we have the religious faction of our nation, which our founding fathers came from. Belief in God, believe in faith, liberty, religious freedom. And the Atlantic is obviously very radicalized, very far left, calling the rosary a symbol of extreme. Just unbelievable. I mean, who would have thought in 2022 that uh, any group in America would think that the rosary was considered an extremist symbol? It's very much a part of the religious faith of the Catholic Church, and it has nothing to do with extremism unless you're a radical far-left secularist that sees things through a prism of no God and their very secular values. So it doesn't surprise me. Atlantic is, you know, out of New York City. It's just a radical piece of narrative magazine. So that's what we expect, but we can see what it is and what it stands for. All right, headline number three. Whites laid off first. Minneapolis Teachers Union agreement puts color above seniority. So much for white privilege. ABC News, an agreement struck between a Minneapolis teachers union and Minneapolis public schools now compels the district in the case of any layoffs to get rid of white teachers before any teachers of color. The stipulation comes as part of a recent collective bargaining agreement between the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers and MPS, Minneapolis Public Schools, which ended a two-week-long teacher strike. Among numerous provisions that were agreed upon between the two groups was a restructuring of the district's recruiting and retainment of educators of color. Effective in the spring of 2023, teachers will be subject to job layoffs or relocations in order of seniority. From Fox News, according to the agreement, the purpose of the policies is to solve for past discrimination by the district, which the agreement said disproportionately impacted the hiring of under-presented teachers in the district as compared to the relevant labor market and the community and resulted in a lack of diversity of teachers. So it looks like the uh, Minneapolis Public Schools uh, is discriminating. That's exactly what they're doing. The, that is against our Constitution. We do not discriminate based upon color. Regardless of how you view things from the past, you don't correct it by doing racial act activities and actions to try to reverse a injustice that maybe had come from the past, but you uh, open it up and you play fairly. You don't discriminate against color, but they're doing the exact opposite, which tells us this is unconstitutional and needs to be challenged. They need to be taken to court, and we can't have critical race theory, and we can't have bias against hiring in any form of government position, whether it be local or federal. All right, headline number two. It's a wash. Ford GM price hikes prices equal to Inflation Reduction Act tax credit. From the Daily Wire, Ford and General Motors unveiled price increases for their electric vehicle lineups as the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes electric vehicle tax credits, is slated to become law. The price hikes are comparable to the $7,500 tax credits for new electric vehicles 
included in the $740 billion Inflation Reduction Act, which currently awaits President Joe Biden's signature. The legislation earmarks a total of $369 billion to combat the existential crisis of climate change, according to remarks from Biden. Ford. Ford is adjusting the MSRP on the F-150 Lightning for the first time since it was revealed in May of 2021 and has honored the MSRP for all customer orders to date. Due to significant material cost increases and other factors, Ford has adjusted the MSRP starting with the opening of the next wave of F-150 Lightning orders. Okay, so this is uh, very typical. This is uh, why Democrats need to take uh, economy classes. Most Democrats don't know how to run businesses because most of them have never run a business. Not all of them, but a pretty large percentage of them. Joe Biden being one of them. Because when you uh, have inflation uh, or taxes, then the companies just raise their prices. That's how they just pass it on to the middle class. That's how it works, and this is a prime example. The government gives a $7,500 tax credit if you buy an electric vehicle, and then Ford just comes along and they raise their prices to match the credit so that it's a wash. Who pays for it? You and me. So, uh, again, this is a lesson for those of you out there thinking that uh, Joe Biden knows what he's talking about when it comes to the economy, inflation, and how it affects us. He's just uh, brain dead on the issue, and unfortunately, we're going to have to suffer until we replace the Democrats' positions all across the board, president and especially Congress, where the purse strings are managed. Those guys got to go. All right, headline number one, recall gas cone effort falls short. Not enough valid signatures to make the ballot. From ABC an effort to recall Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascone from office has failed to collect enough valid signatures to be placed on the ballot, county officials said Monday. The county clerk's office said while organizers submitted more than 715,000 signatures to get the measure on the ballot, only 520,000 were found to be valid. The measure required nearly 567,000 valid signatures to be placed on the ballot. The county said more than 195,000 signatures were found to be invalid for reasons such as the person signing does not live in the county or is not a registered voter. Among 44,000 signatures were found to be duplicates. Andy No, the effort to recall Soros-linked Los Angeles DA George Gascone failed. Organizers submitted 520,000 petition signatures short of the required 566,000. Los Angeles is experiencing a surge in homicides that some analysts contribute to the prosecutor's policies. Well, there you go. So when the, when the signatures uh, are against you as a Democrat, then you challenge those signatures. But if it's a Republican, oh, it was the most uh, fair election in all of history. So you can see the bias. You can see it, it's, it cuts both ways. And uh, unfortunately, Gascon is a really bad actor. He really needs to be replaced. He's a George Soros uh, plant, and his policies are just terrible. They're killing people in their county, and it's just crime is out of control. No bail, letting these people out, committing armed robbery. It's just uh, appalling. 
and unfortunately, citizens of Los Angeles failed in getting him off the ballot. So hopefully next time they'll be able to get it done because he's got to go. They did it up in San Francisco. They did it in Baltimore, and Chicago's got to be next. Get that terrible prosecutor out of New York as well. Okay, those are your top five headlines for this Tuesday. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. See you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it. 